Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. A choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding Reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have David Weiss of the Flat Earth Podcast. He also has a YouTube channel called Down the Rabbit Hole, which is just the acronym. It is linked below. We've taken all the guesswork out of this for you. On this one, guys, I strongly encourage you to go to the YouTube. Uh, He does a full presentation. It is incredibly impressive. He has videos and slides and props and examples, and it's, it's a wonderful visual way of relaying the information. So I have been wanting to do a Flat Earth episode for a while, and if I had to get anybody, there's a couple people, and David is at the top of that list, and so I'm incredibly grateful to have this conversation with him in particular. So you guys, without any further ado, David Weiss. All right, welcoming to the show, it is David Wise. David, we are super excited to talk to you. I have been wanting to go down the Flat Earth rabbit hole for a long time now. Uh, I have a very open position on our reality and an expanding reality. That's what we do. We talk about ideas, and I'm really, really looking forward to talking to the guy about it. We could not have gotten a, a better representative. So thank you very much for your time. So, David, uh, for the well, folks out here... <laughs> that, that... <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. No, I'd say uh, that's very kind of you. There are plenty of other people out there that can, that can do what I do. I just do it full time. I quit my job to do this because this is the most important message of our time. So, you know, it's interesting. And I, I do want to ask why you feel that way. But uh, for the folks out here that aren't familiar with your work yet, man, uh, please just let us know who you are. Um, my name is David Weiss. I, uh, Long story short, I was uh, just a regular businessman and doing a little podcast for fun, came across Flat Earth, went in kicking and screaming, trying to disprove it. And that's how you become a Flat Earther. Once you actually look at the ridiculousness of the heliocentric model and you dispel all of your beliefs on what Flat Earth is, because our minds are programmed to make us think, you know, this is Flat Earth. That's not Flat Earth. They want you to think that. So you dismiss it and never look at it. So 
that's I, I, who I am. I'm here. I live on the East Coast in the USA, and uh, I am spreading this most important word, this most important message, and we'll get into it after we get through some of the details. And uh, I'll tell you why the lie, because it goes like this. People say, well, what about them? Do you think the other planets are flat? Do you think the, you know, how does the sunset over the ocean? What about seasons? What about Aristophanes with his sticks and shadows? What about boats over the horizon? And then after we get to all of that, people throw up their hands and they go, well, what difference does it make? I still have to go to work tomorrow. And uh, we'll cover all of that. I love it, man. And like I said, your your breakdowns on this because you do the Flat Earth podcast, and and I've I've listened to quite a few of your episodes, man. And like I said, Matt, I I live in North Texas. I'm just uh, 45 minutes west of Fort Worth here, so we're right here. Uh, nice. So yeah, so we're we're pretty connected here on that on that front as well. So what got you personally into investigating the idea that the Earth is flat? Oh, I didn't. I, I was doing a conspiracy podcast, just uh, looking into all of the deceptions that you know. I'm sure everyone that's listening is aware of the thing in New York and Boston and Connecticut and all of these other things. And then people started sending me, "Hey, Dave, have you looked into flat Earth?" And I just deleted them. You know, I'm like, that's a joke. And then they kept posting on our social media, and I banned them for life. No, no, no chance of parole. And uh, then another researcher who I highly respect said, Dave, I think the earth might be flat. And I was like, oh, Jesus, Sophia, are you kidding me? And uh, she goes, here, watch this. And she sent me Mark Sargent's clues and uh, Eric Dubay's 200 proofs. And I watched them reluctantly and I said, holy crap, there's something here. And I, for two weeks, I didn't sleep. You know, I slept like two hours, you know, for the whole two weeks. And uh, I tried, I didn't try to prove it. I tried to disprove flat earth and I tried to prove the globe. And and that's when, once you try to prove the globe, it's uh, there's no no turning no coming back. So, for example, I mean, you I would we'll just assume that you believe the Earth is uh, a spinning ball because that's what we've all been taught. Do you know how fast that spinning ball is spinning? Uh, isn't it like a thousand miles an hour, nine hundred miles Very an hour? Good. Very good. Most people don't even know that at the equator. The earth, the earth is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. That's faster than the speed of sound. So when you're watching the sunset, you believe you're falling over backwards faster than the speed of sound. And that's why the sun is appearing to go down. You're orbiting, <clears throat> speeding up and slowing down, averaging 66,600 miles an hour, orbiting the sun, chasing the sun at over a half a million miles an hour, while that entire system's moving sideways at over a million miles per hour. Okay? But somehow, you know, if you go outside and you know, look around, there's lakes that are perfectly calm, mirrored reflections of the sky. How is that possible when you're moving in all of these directions? And these aren't linear, these are curves. And when you curve, you're accelerating. I challenge people to get a dinner plate, fill it to the brim with water, and then walk in a circle around your living room. See how, see how well you do. And that's just one motion and very slow too. So once I realized, okay, that's that's crazy. <clears throat> I started looking into what the flat earth is. And as I showed you before, those images, if you Google flat earth, you end up with uh, images of a disk floating in space. You know, you end up with a, a solar system with ball planets and a pancake earth in there, which is just mockery because no flat earther um, believes that. If I could find that picture, there it is. This one comes up. These pictures come from the flat earth society. And the flat earth society is a government-run disinformation site that Obama plugged a half a dozen times in his speeches when he was president. Um, nobody believes this. Nobody believes that there's disk planets, round planets, Earth is a pancake. Nobody believes any of that. So if that's not the case, what is the Earth? 
So the, I call it the world lake. What is a lake? A lake is just a body of water where the, where the water accumulates in the land in the low spot. The edge of the lake is where the land is higher than the water surface, right? If you were sailing a boat in a lake, a big lake, and you got to the edge of the lake, could you fall off the lake? No, you just run ashore. You run ashore, right? So the world pond, the world lake is a giant lake, and it's got these islands that we call continents. They're all surrounded by water, but the water needs a container, just like the lake needs a container. Because if you got rid of the shoreline of the lake, the lake, the water will just flow out. Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. Antarctica is the shoreline of our world. What's out here in the outer space of Antarctica? Nobody knows. Well, no, no civilian knows because it's off limits until the year 2041. And by then they'll just kick the can down the road another 60 years. You know, this is this is my question, right? Because this is one of my favorite ideas. So let's say that you just are going to believe the things that people who have been lying to your entire life, the, your government, NASA, of course, it stands for never a straight answer. And we all know that uh, it's it's interesting how Not and, a space and, agency. Yeah, right. And I do want to talk about the distrust in NASA and why why folks question that here in a little bit. I've got some examples and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with all of these. But one of my favorite ideas and of course, even Admiral Byrd, when he talked about going down to the South Pole, uh, researching for high jump and all of that, he talked talked about a landmass larger than the United States beyond that that uh, had been yet unexplored by mankind. And even scientists will tell you, oh, there's anomalous geothermal spots out there where there's green grass, there's freshwater lakes, there's uh, habitable areas that are warm. And so it this is one of my favorite thought experiments on the concept of a flat earth or an infinite plane. And I, I want to kind of dial down here in a minute. Again, I've got just a ton of questions for you, man. I'm, like I said, really excited to talk to you. So I, the, the idea that there's land masses beyond that and possibly other civilizations and that we live on just this one small part of an infinite plane with multiple land masses, multiple civilizations, if you follow the the Earth model, and so I had that question as well, if our Earth is this spinning thing that's concentrated to our lake. Yes, that map there. So now I've, I've got to point out to our audio-only audience that David has provided a bunch of really cool slides. You're actually the first guest to provide slides, so thank you. Uh, go to the YouTube version of this, guys, and all of that will be linked in the show notes, and you can check out his slides. He does a wonderful job. You're very professional with this. So with that model where you've got the sun and the moon system, you know, set and Anubis there, I love it, and then you've got a bowl on the outside there with, it looks like, at least two suns out there and a moon, uh, going around, it's it's an interesting visual representation of such a really, really cool idea. So walk us through this this concept of flat Earth. Yeah, so well, uh, once you understand how the sun and the moon work and what they are, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But they circle around over our lake. And the reason that you can't see the sun, I, I have some video stuff that I can show you. Um, it's just because it's too far away. It's like, um, you ever been to Las Vegas? Yes. So in some of the hotels, the hallways are so long that if you're at one end of the hallway and look at the other, the ceiling touches the floor it's the way your eye sees it. And that's just a hallway in Vegas. Okay. So now, you know, think of our our flat earth as just a giant room, a giant room. And the lights in the ceiling are the, are the stars. And uh, we have different layers. We have the atmospheric layer, layer, we have the cloud deck. And that cloud deck, if you go outside, and, uh, and, then I'll, and then I'll get back into this, and you look into, um, you, there's spotted clouds, like on a nice deck, we have the spotted clouds. The ones over your head are right over your head, 5,000 feet in the air, whatever the height is. And then if you look out over like the water or, or just you know in Kansas, flat, flat land or whatever, 
or Texas. It's pretty flat there, right? A little bit, yeah. Um, 20, 30 miles away, those clouds are touching the ground. They merge into the ground. It's, it's, a, it's how perspective works. It's how your eyes work. And they're really still 5,000 feet in the sky. So when you, have, um, when you have something above them, a sun, and you have this, this cloud deck, the atmospheric deck, as the sun just goes away, it sets behind that cloud deck. But your eye sees that cloud deck at eye level. Right, that cloud deck literally merges together, so the sun just goes beyond it and appears to set. I'll show you that in a few minutes. But so the sun goes around here. Some people believe that this is. I did a talk, and if you look on my YouTube channel, look for the the video with Sophia Smallstorm, the one that got me into this, called "The Outward Flow of Civilizations." Life started in the north. The sun circled around, oscillating in and out between the two tropics, melting out our pond. And perhaps maybe it was all ice at the beginning beyond here. And it was just our world going around. And then one day, instead of oscillating in between the two tropics, it said, hey, I'm going out here now, right? What would that do? Well, Antarctica is the highest land on earth. There's like 200 plus feet of ice on most of it or, or lots of it. Um, it would melt all of this and we'd have a massive flood here. Massive mud flood, if you know anything about mud floods. Yeah, Tataria. Yeah. So, so now all of the civilizations here, they'd be freezing in here and it would be a mess. They'd all migrate outwards, the outward flow of civilizations, the Mayas, the Incas, all of them. Maybe they're all living out here in the extra territory. And then a new sun is born here under a star, right? Right? I think it sounds a little biblical, right? The only star that you can follow and not walk in circles is the North Star because it never moves. Well, maybe the sun is born in the north out of the Earth system and a new sun is in here. And now all of the people that are living in here, you know, the sun rises, you know, it's been dark, it's been cold, wet, frozen. And all of a sudden a new sun is born. What are you going to say? You're going to look up and you're going to go, my savior. Mm -hmm. Right? There's so many similarities in this. And, and I'm not, I'm not taking away from religion. I think that all of these stories that we have in religion are analogous, are, are about the star system. And I'm not saying that these religious figures didn't exist. I think they did. I think they all did. Because I think that our souls come from the stars. The stars are souls. And the sun is maybe the soul of God. Hmm. Interesting, right? It, it is interesting. Uh, but I, I do like how, how it's tied in that way. And, and it's no more ridiculous than saying that, uh, you know, gas and dust and heat uh, formed and coalesced to then form a sun in our space. Wait a minute. That's not even fair to compare how ridiculous the heliocentric model is. Nothing exploded and created everything. And then all of the rocks and dirt coalesced into spinning balls and all of the gases turned into bigger balls, leaving a vacuum in between. All, every, sing, every, every single thing I said there is scientifically impossible. A gas ball vacuum burning in, in a vacuum, a gas ball burning in a vacuum. I don't care if you wanna see nuclear fusion, whatever, it's all made up nonsense. And we can prove that the sun at just three times the distance that it is, according to the say the size it is, I say less than three times, but we'll go three times, um, is, or not three times, um, three light hours away. The sun is three light minutes away. I say if it was literally a light hour away, you couldn't see it, but we'll make it three light hours. It would get so small, right? You got a big sun, move it away, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. 
when does it disappear? Okay. And if the sun disappears, it, it, we can prove it because its angular size would be smaller than our, our, our eye could resolve at three light hours. How is it that we're seeing stars at light years away? Hundreds of light years. Okay. Polaris, for example, is, is 46 times bigger than the sun. So we'll call that, you know, um, we'll round up to 48, which is, you know, if we say three light hours times two light days, so that's six light days away. If Polaris was six light days away, we couldn't see it. It would be too small. It's 433 light years away. It's 433, right? It's 433 light years away, and we couldn't see it at six light hours away. All of it is just complete and total mind turns your mind into into jelly. And we'll get into why here in a minute because I, I that's a big question, right? But but I don't want to touch on that yet. So uh, what do you think is the most compelling evidence that that this is the way that it is? I mean, is it just common sense or rational thought or just looking at the observing the universe? There's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Large bodies of water at rest lay flat, period. There is no curvature. We can measure. We can see things too far. Now, sometimes things are hidden. Sometimes they're hidden more on other days, less on certain days. But we, it's, that all has to do with optics, refraction, um, and uh, atmospheric density, and mirroring, mirage, and all sorts of stuff. But <clears throat> we can see stuff that is, should be miles and miles below the curvature. For example, in Alusia, France, um, there is a viewing spot out over the ocean where Mount Kanagu is out here at 175 miles away, but you can't see it because it's 175 miles away. And the top of that mountain from this height, according to globe math, the top of the mountain would be a mile below the physical horizon. Now you would have to believe that this right here is the physical horizon, but this isn't, this is an optical horizon. And the light bouncing off the mountain isn't strong enough to push through the soup. Just like when you're in a long swimming pool, you can't see the far wall, even though the water is perfectly clear because the air does the same thing. But there's two days a year when the sun is in between, it's migra migrating between the two tropics that it lines up with Mount Kanagu. And then all of a sudden when it backlights it, you can see it. And the very top of the mountain should be a mile below the curve, but we can see the entire mountain. Again, your visuals are great, man. This is fantastic. This is, check this this is a, a very visual thing because, you know, I could explain these things to you and then you'd have to believe me, but I'm showing you while I'm explaining. And, and, and all of these things, you can go verify yourself. Unlike anything from NASA, you can't verify any of it. So uh, another, th another way to prove that the sun um, can't, you can't see the light forever. Light, you know, we're told light travels forever and uh, that's nonsense. This is a, a 32 degree freezing cold, perfectly clear, zero humidity day. I got my drone up as high as I can get it. And I watched the sun in five minutes time. It went from way up and it went down, 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 down. And it, if the earth was spinning, it should just keep on going, but it didn't. It went down, 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 down. And then it stopped right here. Now my friends at the beach saw the sun set 10 minutes earlier, but mine didn't go down. It sat there for 10 minutes as it super sped up and it just faded into the thickness. It's still there. You just can't see it. Here it is again. It just faded into the thickness. Shit. Yeah. And that's because light traveling for years is nonsense. Okay. Light can white light is like sound. It can only go so far. Right? It's stronger, it's brighter, you know. Um, it's just another wave. 
So that shows you that. But my friends saw the sun set from the bottom up, and that's because five miles across the water was land that the tops of those trees and the height of the land still looked like it was at their eye level because it's so far away. It compresses, and the sun got those trees, and it just went beyond the trees and set. Oops, this way. Right? It sets just due to perspective. Once you understand that, they don't teach that very you know, much anymore in school. So next question. Okay. So uh, just the, so some of the fundamentals, of course. So you, we've already gone over the fact that it's a, it's a lake, which I love that example. That's a great analogy, man. This is again, why I'm really excited to talk to you specifically about this. So we've got a sun and a moon system that orbit and oscillate between the tropics around the North pole. Uh, so Beyond that, though, there is potentially a second sun, like you were talking about, maybe beyond Antarctica, if it is an ice ring that goes around. Is, is there a passable way to, nav to um, navigate via water or by, via, via boat or something like that to go through Antarctica to get to the next ring? So the Antarctic Treaty uh, is in place until the year 2041, and nobody is allowed to, uh, nobody is allowed to even question it. So what's beyond Antarctica? You know, we're talking about anything above our heads, you know, above as high as we can get or the shoreline of Antarctica, we have to speculate. Now, there's lots of stories from the past of people that, you know, lived in Antarctica and people that went beyond to the Iron, Iron Republic and uh, all sorts of stuff. And it makes a lot of sense. But again, we can't, ver these are things that we can't verify, just like we can't, you know, verify, um, you know, anything that NASA does. Um, can I show you, have you seen my app? Can I show you how the, just a, a little visual on how the sun works? Please, the yes. The sky I have is seen the perfect app. clock. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I have, I have seen your app. This is in my questions to ask you because it's brilliantly designed. You did a really good job on this. I was going to compliment you on it, but yes, sir, please. Yeah, so the sun is, the sky is a perfect clock and that's impossible in a beehive heliocentric model and we can go over that in a minute. But the sun goes around once a day. The sun is attached to the hour hand. Um, we're actually in daylight savings time, so I have to put that back on, um, which is uh, the sun is, come on, there we go. The sun is not attached to the hour hand because they have us in fake time. It's to throw our body clocks off. We are literally part of the earth system. We can only live here on the earth. Um, so the sun goes around once a day. If I speed it up, you'll see that it's gaining distance on the moon and it laps the moon once every 28 days or so. And so the moon keeps track of the weeks and the moons. They used to be called moons. Now they're called months. And that's, that's how they go. And now they both migrate in between the tropics. Um, before I show you that, I'll turn on the stars. And the stars travel around um, just slightly faster than the sun. They lap the sun once a year. So the sun will stay in each zodiac. Right now we're switching from... Uh, like I said, it's that torus into this one, and it'll hang out in here for a month, and then cancer will catch up um, the Tropic of Cancer, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So, and then a year later, we'll be right back to where we are now. Like, you go out tonight and look at the stars at whatever time, make a little star chart, and the next year, same night, same time, go out, look at those stars, they'll be in the exact same position. How do you explain that in a corkscrewing, crazy beehive galaxy? You can't. You can't is the answer. And saying that things are too far away, so far away that all of the billions and billions of miles that we travel um, don't make a difference. Well, I just proved to you that we can't see a star six light hours away. And the closest star is four and a half light years away. So, so 
the seasons, the inner yellow line is the Tropic of Cancer. And we're almost there right now. The outer yellow line is the Tropic of Capricorn. Where do you live? In the States? Uh, yeah, in Texas. You're in Texas. So it's pretty darn warm there right now. And that's it's because um, the sun is approaching. It's coming towards the inner northern states. I'm going to jump forward to June. So this is the summer solstice. And the June and in June, the sun is directly over the Tropic of Cancer. So as it comes around to the United States, you'll see that it's going to go right over Miami, Florida. It's friggin' hot in Miami in June. That's because the sun is high over your head above you, direct heat close to you. And then if you look over at Australia up here, Australia is in the depth, depth of their winter. Now they're not, they don't get that cold because they're not that far out of the tropics. So they're having their winter. But if I jump forward six months, we're in the middle of our winter and they're in the heat of their summer because the sun is directly over them. Right. Imagine you and I were sitting outside uh, 50 or oh, You've been in snow. You live in Texas. Have you have you always oh, been there? Yeah, we just got snowvid a couple of weeks ago, um, or about a month ago, where it just went and trashed the whole state. Man, it was insane. Yeah, yeah, I knew about that. So if you're if if two people are sitting outside, fifteen feet apart, in and it's freezing cold outside, freezing. So you're sitting there freezing, and then I showed up ten and hold over you ten feet over you a big giant super heat lamp. You'd be warm because the heat would be right over you, and your buddy, and it would be high above you your buddy would be looking at it and it would be lower. It would be over. He wouldn't have to look up as high and he'd be cold. Maybe he could feel a little bit of the heat, but he's cold. And if I move that over to him, now he's having his summer. You're having your winter. Your sun is lower in the sky. His sun is higher in the sky. It's just because, you know, when you, when you look at a cloud over your head or a cloud over there, it's the same thing. An airplane over your head, an airplane over there, same height. It's lower in the sky. It's exactly how the seasons work. You know, and I'm interested so, in... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. That's I, why the toilets flush the other way in the southern No, that's a myth. It's nonsense. I have toilets in my house that spin in different directions. It's just the direction that the water goes into the basin. And all of that is a lie. The scammers at the equator that have these sinks and everything, they go, look, we're 10 feet on one side of the equator and they pour water in. It's just the way they pour the water in, just a little bit to the left of the drain or a little bit to the right of the drain. Charlatans. Okay. Charlatans. Complete and total nonsense. So real quick, and then I'll jump out of the app. Every day I add a featured video because if you Google flat earth, you're going to end up with garbage. You're not going to end up with anything. You're going to give up and you're going to go, oh my God, they're going to capture your mind with all of their shill and troll videos. They have, they have paid shills making videos every day, disinformation, you know, all sorts of stuff. And um, so what I do is I bypass all those algorithms. Every day there's a new featured video. I say, just watch the video every day for two weeks. And if you still think the earth is a ball, I will give you a Bitcoin if you can send me one proof. But before you do, you have to hit the question mark and up comes all of the questions that you're going to ask. You know, what about eclipses? Are all space agencies in on it? Um, Southern flights. You know, if I hit Southern flights, up comes a playlist of videos that Google will not serve you. These are videos that you won't easily find or probably won't find that will show you how Southern flights work. Um, the app does a whole bunch of other things, but we'll let you. We'll talk about that in a little bit if you want. Absolutely. Uh, now, one thing that I did want to ask you about was the flight paths. So that's on my list of stuff to ask you because this is one of the ones that whenever I started researching this, because I a lot like you when I started into it was like this is horseshit. I got to debunk this thing. And uh, but again, I'm I'm open to possibilities. I'm I'm fine with it. But I did spend about three weeks, and I would tell my wife, dude, check out these flight paths, and that was a big one. And I asked her. 
right before I came on if there was anything she wanted me to ask you. And there were two things, and one of them was flight paths. So we share that. Yeah, so so here is um um what are we Buenos Aires, big city and in uh in South America and Cape Town. And this would be the shortest flight, 4,276 miles, curving over the ball. Um, but that's not where they go. They go all the way up to Amsterdam or another place up here in the north, and then all the way back down, it takes 29 hours. Okay. Um, and why do they do that? Because, and you should see that on a on a ball, like on a ball. They go all the way up to here and then all the way back down. All right. It's, it's insanity. This was one of um, the things that I find so compelling are the flight paths. Well, this is it. Here's again, Perth to uh, Buenos Aires. Um, flight aware says this is the shortest path. And if you don't believe people say the people use the term, the great circle route, the great circle route. What does that mean? Right. It doesn't mean that, that you go, up like this over the ball because this line like this is a curved line you see that it's curved if you look at it it's curved but you're seeing it straight so this is a great circle route you know when you see these when you see these lines so you're not allowed to fly over antarctica because the antarctic treaty so you'd have to fly around it that would be the shortest trip either side right but the real flight path is this is one of my favorites it goes from Buenos Aires to either a Miami or Houston, then it stops in California, then it stops in Sydney, and then it goes across. And that takes like 26 hours again, right? Or it goes from here to Europe, to Singapore, to Perth, okay? Why don't they just cut across the bottom of the ball? And you know the answer, because we don't live on a ball. I mean, it, it's fascinating, man. This is, again, one of my favorite things to think about. It's one of my favorite uh thought experiments to go down because it is so compelling. And especially when you talk to somebody credible like you, like a lot of, and unfortunately, man, just like in the UFO community, something I wanted to talk to you about, because I'm pretty uh, entrenched in that, you'll have disinformation agents. I know that people have come out and said, look, we were paid by the CIA to go and infiltrate your group and discredit it. And of course, Flat Earth Society, that's a big one. And we all know that. So it's, but it's, what's interesting is, is why are they discrediting things if they're not true or to, in their mind, if they don't need to, you know, discredit them. It doesn't make any sense why they're so adamant about proving this wrong. Or, you know, securing If you doubts. wanted to prove the earth is a, am I, am I talking on mute? No, I'm good. If you want to prove the earth is a ball, it could be done in one day and for not that much money. You get two airplanes, you go to Antarctica and one airplane flies this way and the other airplane flies this way and you follow the coast. Okay, very easy. Airplanes go, you know, it's 13,000 miles around. That's what they tell us. So 7,000 miles would take 14 hours and the two airplanes would meet on the opposite side. Sounds legit, right? But that's not how the world is set up and that's, they, they can't do it. Um, they've tried it in, you know, or, or two boats do the same thing, sail around it. Captain Cook was the last one to try to sail around Antarctica. It took him three and a half years and he went over 60,000 miles, okay? If the equator is only 24,000 miles and it goes right around here, this should be much smaller. They should help tell us this should be 13,000 miles because it's at the bottom of the ball, but he went over 60,000 miles. Now you're gonna look up, oh, what about the sailboat race, the, the so-and-so race? Well, they, they, they're using GPS. They go, um, they go, I don't even know if they go south of Australia, but they, they go, they don't go beyond 60 degrees south. They go, you know, like 50 degrees south. And 
it takes them a, a good amount of time. And these are super fast racing boats, but they calculate it based on the GPS, which is lying about the distances, you know, sailboats, winds, currents, it's hard to figure out your distance. And the average speed that these boats go is like three miles an hour. When we know these boats go like 30 miles an hour, okay? Because they're just doing the math to make it add up to the size that they believe it is. You know, when, uh, when, when you're trying to navigate out here, you're, you're, you're off, you know, you, you do your calculations, but then it's like, wait a minute, you have to readjust and you're, you're off by, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of miles. Because the calculation is based on a, a ball. Yeah, the calculation is based on on a ball, for sure. And that distance would be much greater because it's further out. It's a larger circumference. It's, it's interesting, man. Um, so what about, um, okay, so I wanted to ask you about the firmament. So the firmament, is that an idea that you subscribe to, that there's a glass dome basically over the top of us? Or do you think it's just more of a, go ahead. Yeah, so, so no, th that's, a, again, anything above us is... Um, is off limits. I mean, we we're, we're going to have to speculate, but there's so many stories coming from Antarctica about sky ice that they uh, that they work on down there, and um, that in the Encyclopedia Americana um, from 1958 on uh, the Antarctic section, it said at 85 degrees south, there's a domed ceiling at at 13,000 feet. Says right, near, but that all got changed. Encyclopedia Britannica took over that. Um, and, uh, there's there operation, uh, was operation, uh, high jump operation, um, fishbowl where they were blowing oh, bombs up, yeah. trying to blow a hole <laughs> in the firmament. And if you watch any of the videos, if you can still find them, it's hitting something, it's hitting something domed. And then if you look at, you know, light patterns and, and, uh, the way the, the way the sun works, um, it only makes sense with the dome because in in um, January, when the sun is out over the Tropic of Cancer, the light kind of wraps all the way around. You see how it's kind of wrapping on the outside of that dark spot, right? It kind of wraps around. So we did an experiment where we had a glass dome and we brought a light inside of it to one side and the light wraps around um, and it matches time and date. Here's the thing, you know, Globers use this. This is not time and date, you know, how do you explain this? Well, if the earth was a ball, I don't care what tilt it is, what angle it is, it doesn't matter because it's a ball. So there's always a direct line from the sun. So the sun should light up, it should light up half of the earth, right? The sun, if this was the earth, the sun, no matter, no matter where it's tilted, there's always a straight line. It should light up exactly half of the earth. And that's not what we see. We see different amounts of the earth lit up at different times of the year. Hmm. And you know the sun changing size was an interesting one too, uh, as it gets basically closer overhead or further away, it gets smaller. Well, yeah, there, there. I mean, there's a lot of different things when you see this, the the way you see the sun. There's um, sometimes depending on the weather conditions and uh, the location and the time of year, um, the sun will shrink to a tiny little dot, and and then it'll disappear. I showed you the sun fade out. Um, if we look at uh, there's a, a sunset. Well, here's where's the other one. Um, where do my sunsets go? They, they always move around in, in here. Um, here. Here's one. This is clearly the sun is just going away. It's just moving away. And it, and it, it, you know, this is a lot of glare. So you really don't, I'm not a big fan of the size of the sun because the Globers will say, we'll use a solar filter. You put a solar filter on, you can see the, the disc of the sun pretty well. But when it gets right down near the horizon, when it's just going away, it disappears. You can't even see it, 
right? The sun fade out video at the time the sun was fading out, if or even close to that time where it was sitting and not going down, a solar filter would block that and sun out completely, 100%. You know, in that video, I just wanted to point out that whenever you describe it as going away, that's exactly what it looks like. It just looks like it's floating off. It's going away, but you know, a lot of times with where where we are with land features, with humidity over the water, um, it looks like the sun is going down. And, and I'll show you that in a second. I just want to find that other that other video. Um, this is another one where the sun is clearly going away. Now it's getting dimmer because it's getting farther away. Therefore, it's looking smaller. There's less glare. Um, did I? Last time I'm going to look for it here, and then we're going to skip it. I actually played it a little while ago, and now it's gone. Isn't because if funny? we're just rotating, right, the idea that um, it, it changes sizes it doesn't really hold water because it should be the same damn size because it's, you know, how big and a million, you know, 93 million miles away. Well, that also, when you're looking across the land, you're looking through tons of air, tons of air and, and moisture. So that's going to magnify things, right? When you're looking up, you're looking through less. So it could get bigger as it goes away, right? But this is uh, in the high plains of Africa, super dry, super clear, and the sun just going away until it just gets so far away and it kind of gets eclipsed by the atmospheric deck of opacity, which I call it. Um, and 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 again, the magnification of the of the atmosphere is is very very interesting. If I could find uh, another video. Um, where is it? As the sun goes away, it's getting smaller, but it's also being magnified on certain, you know, on certain weather conditions where it's getting bigger as it's going away. So it kind of like balances it out. But on different days at different times, um, it'll look different sizes. Here we go. So this is a a a a magnification lens that's imitating the atmosphere. And this is a candle that we're just sliding across the flat table and it's rising. This is not the edge of the table. This is the table. I'll show you what it looks like right here. So here's this, here, here it is. And we're just dragging the sun away. The camera's looking through the atmosphere and it looks like it's going to just set, even though it's still above the table. Now imagine you added atmosphere in there that's going to block it over distance too. I call it the atmospheric deck of opacity at ground at six feet tall. I'm standing here and let's say 50 miles away. This, it, the air just is so opaque. I can't see through it. If I was hundred feet in the air, I would say maybe it's 55 miles away. If I was 200 feet, maybe it's 60 miles away. So that build, builds an atmospheric deck of opacity. And so if you have the deck of opacity and the sun is just going away, it sets, but, perspective makes you see that deck of opacity just like the clouds it levels it out it all goes down to the horizon so you see the sun go like this hmm. yeah and it just goes away the sun just goes down 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 and away and i'll show you exactly how that happens this is my flat earth kitchen counter yes yeah, so it's like the awesome. flat earth it's flat mm -hmm. you seen this oh yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've looked you up man okay. I've, yeah all right so i'm moving the sun across this flat line and I'm just showing you that it never goes below anything. These are mountains or atmospheric deck, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just moving away. Now I got another camera on the other side of the table here from the terrestrial point of view instead of a celestial point of view that we have now. And it looks like the sun is going down. This line is level, as I just showed you, and it gets eclipsed by this, whatever it is. I don't care if it's 5,000 feet in the air or 100 feet in the air. 
it's eclipsing the sun due to perspective, but it looks like it's at eye level. It looks like the horizon in the distance. And when I compare it to an actual sunset, you can't tell the difference. It's the exact same thing. Here's a sunset. You think this is the horizon, but the atmospheric deck of opacity is right here. And the sun is going. But from a viewer on the beach, you can't see this space right here. This the distance, the sun looks like it's touching the water because this space is so small, your eye can't see it. So it looks like it's already touching the water, but it's not. It's just going beyond. Beyond. So fantastic example. And guys, again, check him out. All the ways to find him will be linked in show notes as well as go to the YouTube. He's done such a wonderful job with this presentation here that you guys, for the audio only audience, is missing out on all of this grand uh, visuals that you've got here, man. It's really, really cool. Um, so let me let me take you back to the firmament for a minute because this is this is a tricky one, right? Uh, conceptually, just to kind of kind of wrap your mind around. So let's say that we do have a glass dome. So it'd be basically dome size, so it's taller, I don't know, in the middle, basically. And then it gets shorter or closer to meeting the ground as it goes above. So it's like a lid that's over us. So how does that... Like a cake topper. Like a cake topper. That's a perfect example. Absolutely. So how does it compare to if there's more land masses and extra suns and we're able to access that stuff out there, does that mean that the dome goes really, really, really far or that people have figured out either how to dig under it or something? Well, first, is it an energetic dome? Is it a physical dome? I kind of think it's a physical dome. A lot of flat earthers will say, well, you can't have high pressure next to no pressure, a vacuum of space without a physical dome. Well, I don't believe space is a vacuum. And people say, well, there, you know, the, we believe space is water. Well, you can have a bubble on the bottom of a pan that, that's about to boil, you know, a pot of water, and it's holding up the waters above without a physical barrier. I personally, think there is a physical barrier. So with, with all that said, um, what is that, you know, so what is a dome? Is it possible there's domes on tops of domes on tops of domes? And then beyond there is another pond with other domes? Or is this the only place on the earth plane? Or is this a pimple on the earth plane, right? The tiniest little spot where there's a quadrillion other ponds out there. Or maybe this is just the one creation. Okay. Uh, uh, one of my favorites is the billion other ponds thing, right? And maybe that this is what afterlifes are. And and I want to get into some other things with you here in a minute, but you've got a great visual representation of this because one of the big questions is what the hell's going on with the planets and, and the moon and stuff? Because I can tell you just as a, as a guy out here with just a shitty telescope, I could see Saturn, man. I can look out. I can see it. I can see the rings around it. I can it. see it too. I could see Jupiter. I could see, you know, the moons around it. They look What spherical. are you seeing? Well, are you seeing the actual planet? Or are you seeing light as bright as a freaking star? So here's the thing, right? Because I, I don't have a, a fantastic um, telescope, but I'm seeing the actual planet. Like you can see the actual planet. It's not one of the t diffused light looking things where it's twinkling. This is the actual damn planet with my own eyes that I'm seeing. So that that's one of the big ones, right? I mean, not not from NASA images, from my backyard. Yeah, I, I got it. I'd like, if you, you, I don't know if you, you don't have a camera hooked up to it, but when you really look at planets through a good lenses, you see that they're not terra firma. They're lights, and and you you have to believe, you know, this is this is Mars through a P nine hundred. It doesn't look like a planet to me, but when you look at it, you know, farther away, it it, it kind of does. But the thing is, you have to believe that this dusty, dirty ball is sending light 
all the way back to Earth, in ignoring the inverse square law of light, which means every time you double the distance, it's half, it's a quarter of the brightness, and it's brighter than any star. Does this look brighter than any star? Looks like Devon okay, Island. Looks like a day. It's it's Devon Island, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, again, science. Flat Earthers love science. We use science. Globers just make up words. They're like, well, science and physics. I'm like, well, what science and physics? They're like, all of it. I'm like, what, what? Give me one example. I don't have to give you an example because you won't believe me. You know, you'll say it's fake. That that's all Globers have. They have nothing. Right. That's why I'm offering a Bitcoin to anybody that can come up with one proof of the globe. So, you know, when you look at stars, have you looked at stars through uh through your telescope? Uh, yes, but those are much less defined. Those are much, much more blurry. And they look almost like a particle, like if you're in a pool or something, like a particle floating above you, and, and you're looking through water. That's what it looks like. Yeah, they look different. I mean, this is the star Arcturus. This is the one that's my favorite. It's crazy, and it's easy to film. You can kind of see it with your naked eye. Once you see it, then you look at it and go, oh, that's what I'm seeing. Uh, but we've been brainwashing the thinking we're seeing these giant burning balls. This is the star Capella. Amazing full of sacred geometry and color. Um, it, it, it's truly amazing and serious. Kind of looks like it's underwater a little bit. Um, but the, the stars are here. They're small. They're close. What are they? You know, I don't know. I think they have, they have to do with, uh, with the souls of humanity. You know, I think that we're all here having this journey um, expanding the mind of God through our soul, taking our soul, like we're having this in this avatar suit with a soul and we're here in this amusement park. And our job here is not to lose, is not to lose control of our soul and not to break anyone else's free will. You know, you and I align on this. I just, I, and I've said it forever. Uh, we're individualistic expressions of a God or a source or something like that. Um, that's, that's one of the theories I subscribe to as well. So we definitely align on that. Uh, and these images that you've got here of the stars in the sky, you know, looking like that, it's fascinating, man. And you're right. Uh, Cause whenever you look up at them, they say, Oh, the planets are fixed. The stars oscillate like that. Well, Whenever you're looking at that, what do you so beyond orbs and stuff? So they're just fixed, or they're just like a blanket above us, basically just for visual. That's I mean, a great question. I don't even know if they're physical. The things that we're seeing, because we sent balloons up in Arizona on perfectly clear nights with cameras pointing up, high def cameras that could see the stars before it even took off. And you'd think the higher it gets, the brighter and clearer they get. But at by fifty, sixty thousand feet, there was no stars. They all disappeared. Okay, so. Don't ask me, man. Again, that that's some crazy, crazy stuff going on uh, on up there. So, um, what do you what do you think is below the Earth? Do you think that it's it is an infinite plane? And like you said, the possibilities are that we are just this one isolated pimple on the on the plane of of Earth, and then there's you know millions or an infinite number of them, right? With maybe just a different bad case of acne. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> the hemorrhoids of the uh, infinite plane. But um, it, I, you know what? It, it would literally, you know, it could be infinite you know i don't know you know I, I don't know what it is um but again when you look at the planets i mean they show us this they tell us this is jupiter this is a model okay and the clouds never move two and a half years apart these were taken and the clouds are in the exact same place they didn't move right this is a hurricane bigger than earth okay every single dot is exactly the same and this is a fluid counter-rotating storm system on this ball, gassy ball, and it doesn't change. 
when we're whizzing by Jupiter, so far away from the sun that the sun would be the size of a friggin' star, somehow we get a perfectly lit picture with a desert that kind of looks like Pluto, unless I'm yeah, like reaching that. there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if you look at Saturn, uh, if I can find my picture, Saturn, Saturn is uh, the famous picture of Saturn. You know, you know, they had it, they made it before Photoshop and they made it really crappy and they never expected that we were going to take their original picture, put it into Photoshop and crank up the levels and we could see all the layers that they put in. Now, when you look at Saturn, you see this lit ball, looks like a ball and this thing that we're told is a ring, it looks like a ring, but the ring and the ball are equally lit. They're both lit, like they're both a light, like they're both fluorescent lights, like the light is coming from within them, okay? It's not reflecting sunlight, that's ridiculous. So next time you go look at Saturn and you see this, because you, you can see Saturn with a pair of good binoculars, decent binoculars, um, or and a good super zoom camera, you will not see this. You will see, a, a, I don't know what it is, but, you know, there's a lot of significance to Saturn, you know, Saturday is Saturn day. Sunday is the Sunday. Monday is moon day. Right. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this, though, because we we both have uh, we're both skeptical of NASA. OK. And the reason that we're skeptical of NASA is a lot of reasons. Right. And so I, I do want to preface this by saying one thing, though. I, I've had a gentleman on the show who's a good friend of mine, actually. Uh, he worked for Boeing and did NASA projects for 40 years. He uh, is an interesting totally guy. And totally legit. And here's the thing is I wanted to talk to him about, you know, conspiracy theories and all that good stuff like the moon and the Van Allen radiation belts and all that. Uh, you know, why in that 65 video of the first time somebody was outside the space, you know, a, a rocket did the helmet turn and it's clearly claymation. Right. So it's clearly right, exactly. a lie. And so this is the thing. Right. He wouldn't know. And that's that's the deal. Right. Because he you wouldn't get... know. He there's people that build satellites, people that build valves and doors and engines and they send them to rock you know they send them to nasa and they believe that they're going to space nasa when they did the saturn V rocket for the moon landings they subbed out to a hundred thousand companies why a hundred thousand companies because that way everyone could say my uncle my grandfather my father worked on the saturn V. you calling him a liar right it, it, it was it's literally a jobs program because slaves are best behaved when they have jobs and just enough money to get by and they don't see the walls of their prison. And the, the walls of the, our prison is the ball because we can't see them, they're invisible. But let's destroy NASA and then, and then we can move on. If you catch NASA faking anti-gravity once in the space station, you can unwind it to we didn't go to the moon. But let's start with China. Do you know that China landed a rover on Mars the other day? I heard about that, go ahead. Did you look at it? I did not. <laughs> I have to say it's better, it's more convincing than their moon rover landing, okay? Here it is. This is what they showed us. Oh, wow, that exhaust looks so real. Look at the shadow, watch. Yeah. Come on. That's all they showed us, and then they showed us this, and everybody clap or you'll be, be, you'll be beheaded. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's it, and this is, this is, this is their entire that's it. That's all the proof that we have that China just landed on Mars. It's it's almost as bad as ours. Ours is just a little a little more lengthy. Um, what was filming it, it on the way down? Yeah, great question. Nobody asked that question. Nobody asked. You know, they probably sent a the little probe there first to film it. 
you well, know, it, it doesn't even bounce. There's no, there's no, nothing. Did you being see that shadow? Where, where did that shadow come from? Well, the shadow is garbage, but there's nothing being jettisoned the from the only, rocket. Yeah, because there's only one percent atmosphere. You have to understand that. Oh, so this is what I'm showing you here is the only proof that we landed a rover on Mars with a helicopter the other day. Okay, this is the only proof. This is what they showed us. This is live. They wheeled screens into kids' classrooms to watch this. Okay, I think. Cartman and Kyle were laughing when they saw this. They're like, their animation sucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is the only proof that we, and people believe this, right? I gotta let it play, let, let it play. This is what they showed us. This is, now, let me ask a question. They never mentioned that it's a cartoon. You know, some people are like, well, it's a cartoon. They couldn't show us in real time. I'm like, are they, and this is what they're all watching. Did they have another one if in case it crashed? Did they have a cartoon in case the data came back that it crashed? Look at this. This is the only proof that we have that we landed a rover on Mars, right? And then, so the rover had a, wait, by the way, see this, this parachute? The atmosphere on Mars is 1% of the Earth. That's like at 150,000 feet here. When a skydiver jumps from extra high, like 80,000 feet, his parachute won't even open until like 50,000 feet. The air is just too thin. It's the density, yeah. Okay. How does the, and we can't fly helicopters to the top of Everest, right? But how does the helicopter that, you know, there was a helicopter on this thing. Wait a minute, get ready. It's exciting. They're going to land. And they got the little landings up, the landing square too, to show that they landed in the right place. And everybody, this here comes the ultimate proof right here because the high fives give it away. I mean, that there's no way anybody could fake this. Here we go. Yes. Yes. And even all those they people, man, Mars. they could think what they're doing is legit because they're getting readouts. Some it's of a them programmed. Yeah. You know, yeah, of course they're if if it was a big conspiracy. I'm playing devil's advocate here, then of course, uh, th some of those people wouldn't be privy to that information. They would be sitting there watching that CGI, just reading instruments, and that's their job. All right, John, your job is to look at that alt altimeter and just make sure that it doesn't go go tits up on us here. And then, you know, you watch our distance counter and our speed and all that stuff, which, I mean, all that's fakeable, right? It's just a data. Right. <sighs> what are we looking at here? That's that helicopter on Mars. That's the helicopter on Mars, but that's actually not the helicopter. That's the helicopter filming down of its shadow. Now, <clears throat> because the atmosphere is so thin, they say that the rotor spins four times faster than any rotor on Earth. How did it get a picture of the blades? Yeah. This is impossible. I'm going to take my drone outside that has much slower spinning blades, blades at noon one day and take a picture of a shadow. They, you won't even see the shadow. Well, and then what you do is you, so I, I bet what their excuse is for this or their explanation would be kind of like how helicopter blades or bird's wings will uh, flap or rotate at the same frame rate as the camera. So I think that, that would four be- Four times the speed, no, no no one has that frame rate. There's, this is what I'm saying, right? That That's and, how they'd prove it. And then that's just shitty frame rate if that's your resolution, right? Right. right. This is another fraud. Now they've privatized NASA to SpaceX. This is, have you seen this? Mm -hmm. This is the launch of uh, the green silo, I call it. This is a helium balloon. This is a combination of animation of a helium balloon going up, right? This thing weighs 40,000 pounds. Now they're already, notice how many cuts, there's like five cuts already. Now we're filming this thing, look at this, kind of like a side angle. Now look at this, look how high we are. How do they have a side angle shot? 
Watch. Next shot. How do you have a side angle shot unless you're 50 miles away? Right? And now this thing is falling. This is like 40,000 pounds, maybe more. And this is falling out of the sky. Now you can see how fast it's moving by the smoke that's coming off of it. It's not even moving. No. Right? It's like a dirigible or like a balloon. It, it's like, like a, a dirigible, blunt. right? And look, look how high it is here. But somehow they can get a side view of it here. Okay. Now look, this, this thing's falling. Now watch. A little fire is going to come out of the, where This is live. This is live footage. Okay. Now a little fire is going to come out. It's going to turn it upright. And again, you can see how fast it's falling. It's not falling fast at all. Who's under here filming it? Right. One of the engines goes out. Two of the engines go out and it's going to, it's going to land perfectly. What is all of that dust? Anybody that believes this has lost their minds. That's interesting. You know, and one of the ones though about the Falcon 9 rocket, you know, when it flew up and it shows a down shot and the earth is of course big and round in the back there. And it shows a down shot of the, um, the engine and a little rat runs across the top of it. It's happened twice. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, no, here, here's the thing that who, could have been done on purpose, but maybe it was a rat because that thing wasn't in space. And so that every one since then, they've always had another little less defined rat. And they're saying that it's frozen oxygen. So maybe they got caught. Maybe something happened by accident. And now they're just covering their asses each time. But like, oh, it's just it's just frozen, frozen oxygen that's coming off of the engine. But that was a clear it, rat. nonsense. Like it was shot in a studio, right? But that was a it clear, was shot in a studio for it, sure. It was a damn rat. It had ears. It had a tail. Yeah. It scurried across and scurried back while yeah. hurling through space. It, it, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you again. Uh, so so this I call this the Tupac rocket, okay? Because it's a hologram. It's not real, right? We found projectors on NASA's lawn in photos that we 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 got the serial number of the names off of them. We looked it up from a holographic projection company. This is a hologram, okay? But something goes wrong with the hologram. Watch right here. What? What in the Project Blue Beam is going on? Yeah. Dude, come on. Now, the that's not a digital say, glitch. Oh, compression, you know, the, something happened with the camera, you know? Not, not for half of it. Yeah. This is a Dude. failed projection. You guys go check this out on YouTube, man. He's done a great job with all this. Incredibly right. compelling. So man. let's go up to this to the international fake station. Mm -hmm. They got some fresh fruit that came up on the Soyuz, and when they went to grab it, they miscalculated where it was. Ah. It's a augmented reality. It's not real. They're moving. They're maneuvering objects like they're really there, but they're not really there. Hmm. Man, and I've seen some fuckery on this as far as the CGI goes, the back screen, of course, when George Bush was wheeled in and then it showed, you know, the gigantic guy in front of the green screen, which then shot that exact same shot later. Um, and then them grabbing each other's wires and they only spin this way. The hair is all jacked up. Even our NASA guy will tell us that that's not. Right. So this balloon is really a balloon. It has helium in it, so it floats. This is not real. It just was beamed in. Yeah. Okay. This, watch right up here. There's no stuffed animal. And now they beamed it in, even with a little Star Trek beam thing and a beaming noise, and nobody says anything. And kids just eat this up because she's like doing a presentation to kids. So it's called 
augmented reality and they're moving things around that aren't really there. So, and I mean, this we have that technology released to the uh, private sector. So, of course, what they would have would be better, right? In theory, of course, they get you know, supposedly they get $65 million a day. I don't believe that they just take $65 million from us, but they have unlimited budget to do whatever they want. And you know what? They suck. They're, they're horrible at it. They're horrible. I'm better at it, actually. You know, again, I've got a good friend, man, who worked his ass off on this stuff. And it just pisses me off that he's been lied to like that, which, again, it's not his fault. Yeah, that that's the hard thing. It's easy to lie to somebody. It's harder to convince them they've been lied to. Yeah, that is true. Right? Look, I'm in the space station. <laughs> it's that easy, okay? It is. And when they glitch right? out, these when they guys turn the corners. These guys are horrible. Horrible. Now, check this out. Look at these guys. First, how come they always have these heavy utility belts on? Are their pants going to fall down in zero gravity? They, you can see they got like layers on underneath them. They always have freshly pressed shirts and pants. Where are they getting all of these? No wrinkles you know? in space, bro. No, right? And every all of their movements are based around uh, they're pivoting from their waist. They're hanging from their waist. It's so clear that they're hanging from wires. It's it's. Did you see the one where the dude did the flip and it broke and he just like stood up? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's many. I many, get down many these rabbit those. holes, man, about the green screens and the screw ups on this, and it is fascinating. I sent my friend a bunch of them, and he was just like, "Oh, damn." Yeah, they have a system. This is called the Argo system, where they practice for their spacewalks. Kind of looks just like their spacewalks, if you ask me. Okay, they're they're hanging from these wires. This system. And, uh, you know, you look at the space station, there's it, every single thing about it is impossible. It's completely impossible. Sometimes they're hanging from wires. Sometimes they're on a zero G plane. Um, yeah. The, sometimes the they're you know, flights. They're, yeah. Right. This guy's hanging from a wire right there. You, you know, you can see it coming up out of his shirt. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Mm hmm. And they always spin yeah, that always, way. They never spin the sideways. Always pivoting from this, guy. The, this is the guy that falls yes. right here. Bam. Skadoosh. And <laughs> then he yeah. just stands up. He's like, I'm all right. Yeah. And look, why are you pivoting like that? If I was on the space station, I went like this. I just go flying and twisting off into space. I wouldn't rotate around a pivot point. It's so fake, man. And this is the thing, right? This is the fuckery that I talk about. Because if if it if it is what they say it is, it should not be hard to do this. And I mean, even if this this is what bugs me about it, man. This is why you say about, never a straight answer. How about answer. this? Space station, right? Yeah. It looks like the space station, but where's the land? And a glober would say, well, they're over the ocean. I'm like, no, we had zero budget. We got a solar panel. We spun it over the camera and we filmed upside down. Damn, dude. Okay, it's the same thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just in, in someone's front yard <laughs> with the camera upside down. It's that easy to fool people. Oh, and I've seen this, so, the the balloon, right? Yeah, so this is the external tank of the space shuttle. Um, it's 40, I think this is 40,000 pounds empty, and it's falling out of the sky. Does that look like it's falling out of the sky, right? Moving sideways. Now, some people say, well, it's moving 17,000 miles an hour. No, it's not moving 17,000 miles an hour. It wouldn't be able to. It's, you know, it's clearly in the atmosphere. It's going to burn up and disintegrate before it hits the ground. You see that piece of paper that just floated by? Yeah. Okay. That th this shows you that it's just floating in the air current and somebody in a helicopter is filming it. Dude, I mean, the space shuttle and was this a blimp. Is, 
No one ever was on the space shuttle. You could see in the, it was heavy winds and it was bouncing around like a bouncy house. Mm. Okay. That thing weighs 4 million pounds. Do you think a little wind is going to make it bounce around like that? This thing is a giant helium tank. Now these, these external boosters had some fireworks that come out of the bottom just to give it a little thrust, but the helium did all of the lifting. And then they just let it go. They released it yeah. like you do a balloon. Yeah. It's uh it's unbelievable. And and that's why it always turns over upside down because the external helium tank is lighter and that's why it flips over cuz it's the lightest part. Damn. <laughs> I mean, it's just so compelling. It's so interesting. And of course, if they fake one little bitty bit of it, why why the hell would you, you know, right. Why would you fake it? And watch, it so here, watch, the, watch the illusion here. We're nice and close. Now they're going to show some people. These people are over 11 miles away. The space shuttle is literally the size of a tiny. These people are nowhere near that thing. But the, with the editing, they make it look like they're right there, but they're not. Okay. These astronauts are also probably in another place completely in a studio because they're not there either. And these people are nowhere near this thing. Right. It's beyond a tree line beyond them. It's so far away. And this thing has superheated thrust coming out at, you know, 20,000 miles an hour. Everything here would be obliterated. This fence when a, a tornado at 300 miles an hour would would turn this fence into a pretzel. OK, this thing is shooting superheated at 20,000 miles an hour, supposedly, because the thing goes, you know, 25,000 miles an hour. The, the thrust it would be incomprehensible. This is all smoke coming out of the ground to obscure what you're seeing. These are mostly lights inside of this smoke plume that's coming out of here. Okay. When NASA has that cloud machine that'll make clouds, you know, they've, they've shown yeah. that they've, they've proven that. They showed that, but that that's, I mean, again, I mean, that's, that's just, how they can make that cloud has, formation. Right. And then if you watch it, if you just look up space shuttle launch, you'll find this video with the sound and when these things come off you hear the second they come off you hear the 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 charges release them well this thing was 30 miles downrange if it was only 20 miles downrange that sound wouldn't reach you for 90 seconds after you saw it just like thunder and lightning that right there you hear it as it happens it would take 90 seconds for that sound to get all the way back to you if it even got back to you but in the video, it's in there for effect to make you believe, right? This thing's going over 17,000 miles an hour. How's that thing going sideways over 17,000 miles an hour? You can see how fast this is going by the speed of the wind. Like, look at the, look at the smoke. I mean, maybe this is going, I don't know, 60 miles an hour, 50. It's, it's people are just brainwashed into believing anything, right? Do you believe? Tesla. I mean, Elon Musk sent his Tesla into space. It's, it, it's always looked fake to me, man. I want to believe this stuff, man, because it's so cool. That's the that's the booster I was talking about. Um, yeah. So this is this is the this as it's going by the Earth here. If they took this picture right about, let's see when the Earth gets in the frame here, right about now, boom, boom. Wouldn't that make a nice poster in a Tesla showroom? It would. It's nowhere. It's in no Tesla showroom. It's on no Tesla advertising. It's on no magazine covers. There's nowhere. They didn't print this anywhere because it looks so horrible that they just wanted to make it go away. And uh, it's really hard to even find this anymore. But Elon Musk at the press conference, it goes, well, 
you can tell it's real because it looks so fake. We'd have better CGI, quote. Yeah, and this is the thing, right? I mean, we're we're about to greet upon here time here, man. So, but I just wanted to wrap up with this. So here here's the deal, and guys, go go look at this video number one, because and go check out David because he's fascinating. You do a great job, man. And this is the thing, right? When you say I want to believe the heliocentric model, and I I want to believe we haven't been lied to, and I want to believe you know that we're some small little tiny speck of dust. And I, I understand the difference, and we don't have to break down the psychology here about how well if you believe that we're a small little speck on a tiny little backwards arm of a shitty galaxy that makes you feel pretty insignificant. It doesn't make you feel very special or worthy, or it doesn't give you the impression or lead to the idea that there's some higher power out there that's that's got your best intention at heart or that you're a part of something wonderful like that. Now, the other thing about that is, is the flat earth model or the infinite plane with dome or however you want to say it is, it's a pretty specific. It says you're here on purpose. You've got something to do here. You've got a job or it's a ride, but it's made tailored for you for this experience. The, on the top of that, why, they, right? they don't want you knowing your true power. They don't want you to know that you're at the center of creation. They don't want you to know that your thoughts create your world. You and everyone listening, everything you have in your life is your own fault. It's the way you think. It's everything that you've done. If you think that you're in poverty, you're going to be in poverty. If you think that you're going to succeed and you truly believe it, the universe will deliver. Okay. This place is magical. And basically you're here for an experience and you're having that experience. You may not think like, Oh, I wish that wouldn't happen, but you know, all of the stuff I went through in my life, thank God it all happened at times. I was like, Oh man, this is such a pain in the neck, but it, it all works out. If you allow it, you are your worst enemy. Fear is your only thing that, that causes issues. Fear is the only thing. The only thing to fear is fear itself. That's what uh, Roosevelt said. If, if that, I mean, if you can believe any of our history. So again, they don't want us to know that if we all woke up tomorrow and said, we're not, we're, the, we're not going to listen to anything the government says. We're not going to do anything they say whatsoever. There's nothing they can do about it because the only control they have of us is in our own heads. Right. So people have been brainwashed. They live in fear. They have us spinning out of control, lost in space where an asteroid could take us out. You know, nuclear bombs are going to take us out. Terrorists running out of water, running out of food. All of that is nonsense. It's all garbage to control your mind. So they don't want you to know that uh, you don't have to um, give your power away, but they get us to give it away. They're not allowed to take it. That's the other thing because they're not allowed to break our free will. Um, but they convince us to give it away. Kind of like a vampire. You got to invite them in, right? Yeah. So it, it really is like that truth in the movies lies in the news. So, so again, this war, the reason I left my own very successful company to do this is because if we ever get our freedom back, how long will we keep it? Um, when there's people in charge that know the truth of this place and know the power of this world. Mm. It's a damn good point. And you're, you're right on board here with the manifestation and creating your reality. We're big uh, proponents of that here. Uh, we talk about a lot of that spirituality, manifestation, uh, all of that, man. So you, you really wrapped it up nicely here with that concept. So like I said, guys, I will be linking everything in the show notes. Please go check out this video. He did a great job on this. David, man, you were fantastic. Is there any final words or anything that you had for us? Now that's it. You can check me out at the Flat Earth Podcast. We haven't done a lot of episodes, but if you haven't seen them, they're still all relevant starting from the first one. TheFlatEarthPodcast.com, the Flat Earth Podcast Facebook page. My YouTube is deep inside the rabbit hole. It's just the initials for deep inside the rabbit hole, D-I-T-R-H. And my app, the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. If you're watching this, you can just point your camera at this QR code 
or just go to the Flat Earth Podcast and you can find all the links there. They're already trying to hide it in the Google Play Store. They have a another one by the same name, by the Flat Earth Society type people. Um, mine is by Blue Water Bay. Just make sure the icon looks like this. But just go to the flatearthpodcast.com. The link is there. It's $3.00. And uh, that's it. You own it forever. Unlike a beer or a cup of coffee, which you don't own very long at all. And it probably costs more than $3. There is a pop-up that says, would you like to donate for 99 cents a month or $11 a year? You can exit out immediately. There's no ads. It only shows up once a day and you still get everything. So it's only because so many people love the app and they wanted me to keep adding more stuff. They said, how can you put a donation button? But I can't, but they don't let you put a donation button. So I put a subscribe button that gets you nothing other than one pop-up for one second a day. It's not like a pop-up, you gotta watch an ad, none of that. Um, the other thing I wanna say is, the trolls follow me everywhere. They're, I have full-time trolls. They're gonna show up in your chat. They're gonna, they're gonna comment on everyone's post. They're gonna say, I'm a scammer. They're gonna say, Flat Earth is dead. They're gonna say all the stuff, but they're never gonna offer one proof of the globe. All I need is one proof of the globe and I will put the shot, I will pack, pack up and be done with this. Um, and then if you go to their channels, their cha channels are um, what I call the comprehensive globe proof channels because they have zero content. Mm, okay. So, like in there, Professor David, right? Uh, there, there's a, yeah, I call him not Professor Dave, but right. he won't show up. There's, there's just these YouTube trolls. Those guys will just do hit piece after hit piece on us, you know, straw manning us and gaslighting us, but they'll never talk to us directly. They pretend that they want to talk to us, but then they'll never talk to us. They'll say, well, we'll do a recorded, I'll send you questions and you answer them and then I'll make a video. No. I want to have a conversation just like you and I are having this conversation. Absolutely. And I, I apologize for disappointing you because I remember on the phone when we had spoken before, you said, well, what do you think? And I just said, man, I'm open. And you were like, damn it. I like to talk to people who are complete globers and, <laughs> and prove them wrong. When, right? when someone says they're open or I say, what do you believe? Flat or globe? They go, well, uh, you're flat. As soon as, you, as soon as you don't say globe, yeah. you're a flat earther. You just don't know it yet. Some people are at different levels That's of fair. knowing it. That's completely fair. <laughs> well, uh, David, like I said. If you, if you, if you hem and haw at the globe for a, a split <laughs> second, you're already already toast. Yep. Seated doubt, right? That's it. But, but like I said, your observations and the things that I've already been looking into with NASA, even though I've got a friend that that worked there for a really long time, it, it's all of this stuff, man. It's it's that you put your faith into people that have lied to you forever. And and so then then I've, I have gotten the comments as well. They're like, oh, well, NASA, you know, the government's full of shit, but it's, you know, NASA's not. And I go type in NASA and it's NASA.gov. Like, okay, what else? And so it's it's an interesting point um, that people make. But like I said, man, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. This was amazing. I've really been looking forward to doing a flat earth show and i'm glad i didn't just get some wahoo i'm grateful that it was you man all right man thanks for having me and uh I'll, don't believe anything i say go verify it yourself get the app check out the daily videos uh read the reviews if you're unsure you know i don't pay for apps uh read the reviews everyone says they'd pay more for the app best app only app whatever it's the highest rated app in the app store and the google play store you need an iPhone 6 or better, an iPad, a, a decent iPad, or an Android with 8.0 operating system or higher. Got it. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, dude. And I'll be linking the ways to find you in the show notes as well. But guys, go check him out. This is fascinating. And again, like he said, do your own research, make up your own mind. David, thank you so much, man. This is a pleasure. All right, man. Thanks. See you. Okay, so full disclosure, uh, incredibly grateful to David Weiss. I actually had a conversation with my wife right after this was recorded, and I said, just don't leave me, you know, uh, because I have ticked the needle in the other direction, man. Like I said, we don't we don't plant our flag. But it, it really boils down to, do you believe the people who have been lying to you this whole time? And if you're going to 
you know, have questions about something heavy like 9-11, or you're going to have questions about all the fuckery that goes on in NASA with the way that they portray things on a green screen, and it's absolutely clearly faked, guys. We, we could see it's fake. Just do a better job with our tax money that we're sending you. If you're not going to go out into space, or if you're going to other places and you're just not telling us where you're going, just do a better job with what you present to the public. Now, I've got a theory on this, too, that a lot of people don't need it to be that spectacular. They just believe what they're told, and that's fine, too. That's that's a model. It's worked out very well for the people in control, and maybe this is just one other mechanism. Because, of course, guys, right, if they can lie to you about this and this is true, they, I mean, that's it, right? It's the fundamentals. It's It, it goes back to the, the fact that, you know, we everything is an inversion of reality so if that's the case of course this makes sense and david did an absolutely fantastic job on relaying this information now right after this he um, had a uh, commercial basically for his app that he sent me i'm going to be playing it in full so you guys should stick around and uh, check that out after all of this but the core of this is i wanted to thank david very much like i said if i was going to have this conversation with anybody i'm really really grateful it was him he did a wonderful job He's not pretentious, he's not, you know, an asshole about it. He just presents an observational fact and uses a lot of science. And if, if we're going the route of common sense here, this is a pretty damn good argument, to be honest with you. But uh, that being said, uh, you guys go out and traverse this possibly flat earth of ours this week and uh, just pick up a piece of litter, uh, get out of the left-hand lane, um, do something nice for somebody else, buy a meal for a stranger, uh, and just go on out into the world, guys, no matter what it is, and just be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.